Blog Talk Radio. Illuminations Media Network. welcome you back and welcome myself back. It's been quite a long time being back on the Illuminations Media Network. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you know there was a long gap. And that's because I decided to go back to school. I've earned my psychology degree and uh, I've added to myself in many ways and I've learned so much about mostly self. But When we speak about learning about self, we're also learning about everyone else around us. We all share the experiences of being human, and that's what this show is all about. Well, today in our show, we have a wonderful guest who is calling in from lovely Nova Scotia, way on the other end of the coast. As you know, I'm in Seattle, which is way in the northern part of the West Coast, and our guest is calling in from Nova Scotia, which is on the way north of the East Coast. And our guest is Liz Crocker today. And just to give you a little bit of information about her, um, she has written uh, children's books, She's written other psychological books that help people to heal. Um, You know, I don't want to talk too much about her. I want her to introduce herself because what I would say is just kind of boring and cooking cutter. I want to hear the feeling, and I know you want to feel the feeling of Liz. So Liz is going to be talking about her book, which is called Transforming Memories. And this book is all about sharing spontaneous writing, you know, learning to heal ourselves and specifically uh, healing through the experiences of alcoholism, you know. It's about uh, three women who come from three different backgrounds and three different experiences who share being children of alcoholics. So we're going to get into the secrecy, the silence and the shame that is is all wrapped up in that particular experience. So without further ado, Liz, welcome to the Illuminations Media Network, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much, Tamara, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm delighted to have a chance to chat with you about Transforming Memories, because I think it's, it's probably a book for everybody. You know, I, I would say that it is, and as our listeners know, and, and just to, just a shout out to the listeners, the listeners are very intelligent and they're intuitive. I've received so many emails and uh, so many stories 
and they know what's going on. You know, these are not people who are who are blind to the truth of what's happening. Um, I think we're all waking up, especially my listeners. Well, that, that's great, we, and you know, I, I I was just going to oh, say, I'm right sure now. you know, if they're going to be in touch with you, I I hope if any of them are motivated to do so, I hope they'll also be in touch with me if they're motivated to start writing about some of their experiences. Oh, most definitely. And so we'll make sure that we do share your information so that they can get in touch with you. And uh, if you have some sort of a group, that would be awesome for people to stay connected and learn and share with each other. You know, that's what it's all about, community. But before we begin here... Um, I'd just like you to, to dive in. I know that um, a part of the uh, the title is it's speaking to spontaneous writing and, and also uh, utilizing loaded words in this healing process through the pain. So if we can first define what spontaneous writing is and, and what are those loaded words that can bring forth healing. Well, great. That's a great place to start tomorrow. Spontaneous writing is a technique to, and it's sometimes some of your listeners may have heard it before referred to as expressive writing. But the idea is that you write spontaneously, immediately, quickly, without forethought, and the idea is that you write for 10 minutes. So you find something to be your writing prompt, and then without spending any time thinking about it, just put your pen to the paper or your fingers to the keyboard and go set yourself a timer for 10 minutes. And this was I used to be in a writing group, and we would meet every couple of weeks and just do writing exercises almost, almost like an athlete would do bench presses to keep the muscles we would do writing exercises to keep our writing muscles um, limber. And sometimes what we would do is we would literally just open a dictionary, close our eyes, put our finger down, and let's say the word was tomato, then we'd say, okay, 10 minutes, go, tomato. And None of us had been thinking about tomatoes, but it, what was always amazing to me was what happened in that process. So fast forward some years later, when a group of us who'd had the common bond of having had an alcoholic parent got together, and we were talking about the idea of putting together a book of some of our experiences or feelings about things that had happened to us in childhood, I suggested that we use the technique of spontaneous writing. So people were curious. I explained it just as I have explained it to you and your listeners. And what we did first was we generated a list of what we called loaded words. So the question that had been put to the group was, are there just single words that if you say them, it immediately evokes a memory or a feeling or a mood And so we came up with a list of about 60 of these words, and we called them loaded words. We thought that was clever with the double meaning of one being words that were full or heavy with meaning, but also loaded being uh, an adjective that comes from the world of alcoholism. So the kinds of words Mm, that we came up with ranged from siblings, hope, community, 
which are all words that might evoke a more positive sense, but also words like shame and fear and unpredictability, abandonment, neglect. But then we came back to words like gifts and humor. So it was really uh, a very mixed list. Uh, We looked at those 60 words, and then we picked, um, I think, 20 as the ones that we were most interested in, we just started. And ultimately, the book, Transforming Memories, includes things that we wrote in response to 14 of that original list of of 60-plus words. But, you know, anybody can come up with their own list of words. You know, somebody might, you know, words that evoke a memory might be school, might be holidays, might be birthday party, might be graduation. I mean, as I'm, I'm just really brainstorming, and, and I'm sure listeners are already, their heads are probably already spinning with possibilities of words that evoke a memory or a feeling. Right. So then, certainly. So then we you know, then we took these words and we just started writing. We didn't know where we were going to go with them. We didn't know if somebody was going to come up with a poem or a parable, or a short story or a verbal picture. We had no idea. There were no rules. There were no ex- expectations. Just to write. Right. And you know, Liz, what this makes me think of. I mean, here you are saying coming up with the loaded words. Um, certainly these loaded words are going to have different meanings for different people because, you know, each person has had a different experience. Uh, Certainly there will be some commonalities. But, you know, that makes me think about dream interpretation. You know, you you look on Amazon and there are all these books about dream interpretation, uh, certain symbols, you know, that are supposed to mean a certain thing in everyone's dreams. And it's just not the case. We've all had different experiences, right? We come from different cultures. Um, We have different uh, information and and experiences. We even have different personalities and temperaments that would certainly flavor or color, you know, those loaded words. Exactly. A friend of mine Mm -hmm. read this book, and he was astounded to get the feeling as he was reading the various things that we had written to get a picture of the fact that the three of us, in our own ways, uh, tried to be perfect and then we would rebel or then we'd try to be perfect again. And he said for him, and I think this is a sign that his temperament was very different, he said he learned early on that all he wanted to do was hide try to be nice, not get in anybody's way, not cause any trouble, and just withdraw. Whereas I think for the three of us, we were sort of right in it, trying to be more perfect, smarter, cleaner, tidier, you know, whatever way we were trying to manifest perfection. So you're absolutely right. Everybody is different. And the beauty of the spontaneous writing is you don't have to have a discussion, you don't have to explain yourself. And in fact, when you put pen to paper or fingers to the keyboard, you often don't know what's going to arise. Because when you're Mm -hmm. writing spontaneously, it is cellular. Something comes deeply from within, and the thinking mind is not part of the process. Mm -hmm. So you're you're drawing from that subconscious, uh, the, the whole... The whole idea of the word spontaneous, right? You're not editing. 
You're not trying Absolutely to make sure that not. it's right. No. And you know, no, any any writing that judge whole is not idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> I like that. A writing judge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the writing judge is not allowed to be in the room at all. Because it's it's, it's not, not allowed. about it's not a not about writing. It's about allowing something to emerge that you maybe didn't even remember, you maybe didn't even know. I mean, one of the things we talk about is that we learn the difference between talking about something and feeling about something. And spontaneous writing is the route to feeling, not explanation. Uh, It's just what emerges. And, you know, if people have a chance to, to get this book and read it, they'll see that the writing offerings from the three of us are very different, very different. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I haven't had the pleasure to read the book, but I, I'm definitely going to and uh, definitely invite everyone to, to go out and get the book. Um, you know, right in the middle of our conversation, you know, I'm not sure where people come in. Someone might have just stepped in. Um, so we're speaking to Liz Crocker. She's the author of the transforming memories through spontaneous writing using those loaded words. And um, I'm sure that you can find that book everywhere. But uh, as, as we dive deeper into this book, I mean, just the idea, Liz, of, of allowing yourself to be free of perfection with the spontaneity of writing I mean, that can heal one of the major major manifestations of being a child of an alcoholic. Is that true? Well, absolutely. I, you know, it's it's not universally true that every child of an alcoholic is somebody who uh, strives for perfection, but it's a pretty common feature. Like I said, my friend didn't want to strive for perfection; he wanted to escape and hide. But. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, and and it may be more typical of uh, young girls who strive to be perfect Women. more than boys. Okay. I really don't. And you know, if there's a psychologist listening, I would love to know if if they have any insights into the gender differences in reactions of growing up in a in an alcoholic household. And and let me quickly say, I I'm using the example of an alcoholic household because that was our common denominator. But really, any household that has tensions or some aspect of dysfunction where the child does not feel safe, does not feel nurtured, does not feel loved, where things are unpredictable, Mm -hmm. where there is fear, where there is shame, whatever whatever is the precipitating cause, alcohol or anything else. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm being specific, but I'm also generalizing. But if anybody is... Yeah, you just said that word shame. Yeah. 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 And and you know, whether one person, you know, experiences shame and they want to hide mm-hmm. or the other person is experiencing shame and they want to be perfect, um it's still hiding, isn't it? It's still hiding and it's and you know, one of the things that results from the hiding phenomenon is that then we don't talk about it. And so what happens right. when we have strong feelings that we keep inside of us? You know, there are lots of examples of people who just don't feel right in their body or don't feel right in their soul. And it's, it, 
often it's because there's some um, difficult situation that is preventing them from fully realizing who they are. And I don't mean to sound sort of deeply therapeutic and mm-hmm. going into deep therapy was not anything that I chose to do, but but I knew that I, as an adult woman, I had things that would trigger me to feel um, uncertain or nervous. And when I started working on this project with my friends, I started to see what some of my habitual behaviors were, and I started to be able to connect the dots and go, oh, you know what? I started that kind of behavior when I was really young. For example, not that this is about me, but it's just an example, I was very involved in extracurricular activities at school. As an emerging adult and as an adult, I was very involved in activities in the community. When I started doing this work, this writing work, I started to see that quite possibly one of the reasons why I was involved in so much at school was because I was trying to postpone going home. Because going home would take me back into the land of fear and uncertainty and unpredictability, whereas extracurricular activities had more sense of organization and control. And then I thought, okay, so I'm still doing this as a grown-up. That can be fine, but I need to understand that I have a choice about it now. You know, I can do it because it is something I actually really enjoy doing, but I don't have to stay on the hamster wheel of my life if I would rather get off. And I think that's the richness of this, that as as I started to understand myself and as my two friends started to understand some of our habitual behaviors and what some of their origins were, we could make a choice. And in some cases we said, hey, you know what? Being hyper-responsible is not an entirely bad thing. <laughs> Look, our <laughs> kids are safe. You know? But, but yeah. we, had a, we had a choice about it. And, um, and, and of course, the mo- you know, some of the most fundamental choices that we have are whether we're choosing to be happy or whether we're choosing to be burdened. So, mm-hmm. um, and, it, you know, I, I'm just kind of rattling on here, Tamara, so stop me if you want. But one of the things we also learned in writing about writing this book is that there's a huge body of emerging research that is showing that this technique of spontaneous writing, not just talking about things, but actually spontaneous writing about things that might have been traumatic in one way or another, really have not just psychological benefits, but now they're being able to document that they have biophysical benefits, that people who write about past trauma, their immune system strengthens, their blood pressure lowers, they miss fewer days at work. And one fascinating study, because I say it's fascinating because it's just a, a micro example, but they took two groups of people who had... Um, small incisions in their forearms to remove a um, benign skin cell. But they had a cut and they had stitches. Half of them wrote about that experience and what it felt like and whether they'd been afraid of the diagnosis and so on and so forth, and the other half did not. 
the half that wrote healed their wounds significantly faster than those that did not. So the more we learn, the more powerful I'm believing that this spontaneous writing is. As I said, not just for psychological health and those things that you can discover about yourself, but you will biophysically be a healthier human being. So, Liz, you know, what that's saying to me, and I know that that, uh, my listeners are also (laughs) uh, getting this sense that that certainly talking about something, you know, you're expressing it in words, maybe you're, you're releasing it, and other people are getting an insight and understanding you better, but actually taking those thoughts and those feelings and putting them down on paper, you know, putting them out into the manifest reality does something more concrete than just air of words. You know, there's something more cathartic there. What what the researchers are saying, and, and you're right, you're absolutely right, what the researchers are saying, people who study this more deeply even than I have, say that when we write, we start to make sense out of um, script lines in our brains that might just go around in circle. And it, it's kind mm-hmm. of when it's on paper and you can see it. It's it's out there. And one of the expressions that I love is um, if you write it down, the weight is on paper, not on your heart. Uh, yeah. So that's part of it, but it's also sense-making. It's quite amazing how, and maybe nobody else is like this, maybe I'm the only person, but sometimes I have a kind of script line that just does a forending loop in my brain. doesn't get me anywhere, just loops around. But when you take that loop out of your brain and more profoundly out of your deeper heart place, then it's out on paper. And and you can make that loop into a straighter line that makes some sense. And you can look at it and go, well, 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 who would have thought? Look at that. (laughs) Yeah, that's something that I do with my clients. A lot of people who ruminate and can't go to sleep because all of these thoughts are whirling around in their minds. And uh, I just ask them, pull out a journal and begin to write those thoughts down, you know, without even trying to make sense of them. Just let them have their expression. And, you know, most of them are able to just fall right off to sleep after they have released it and, and like you said, put the weight on that paper and off the heart. Exactly. There's a wonderful book called With Pen in Hand, The Healing Power of Writing, and the author says, I'm just going to short quote, she says, the act of consigning the hurricane inside your head to paper quiets the agitated spirit, shifts the brain waves, brings peace. It takes what can be toxic and decontaminates it. It makes it safe. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great quote. That is that is very powerful. Extremely so. You know, and I was I was looking at these uh these notes here as well, um that, that when we um are, you know, releasing, you know, this this stuff that's floating around, the toxicity in our minds that's, of course, in our bodies, 
and we release it, that it also um, helps our immune our immune system to function more powerfully. Have you seen yep. any research on that specifically? There is lots and lots of research, and one of the things that we do in the book is we actually discuss some of that research, and at the back of the book we have more detailed descriptions of some very significant studies that have been done. So people may want to pursue this line of inquiry more deeply, and we try to give them the tools and the sources to know where to go to read more. And it is an... You know, it's a relatively new field of research, so I think we're going to see more and more of it. Some of the some mm-hmm. of the really interesting research is coming out of the work that many people are doing across both of our countries with returning soldiers or first responders who are suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome. And spontaneous mm-hmm. writing is a technique that's being used with some some great effect, positive effect. Awesome, and no pharmaceutical side effects. <laughs> exactly, um, and I, and it's free, <laughs> and it's affordable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, can and do it by you yourself or you can do it with others, you know. You, yes, yeah. You know, as you as you work your way out of perfection and, and you feel like you can share. <laughs> so, yes. But, but, you know, Liz, you also mentioned... Uh, the blessing. There's something that I talk about. You know, the things that were messing up your life also comes with come with blessings. And so, you talked about you know how how being a child of an alcoholic, the uncertainty, you know, in life um, has actually given you a gift that it has made you a very consistent and uh, safety focused parent, so that your kids. You know, do not have to deal with what you dealt with, and so, so that experience of of pain and confusion in your childhood has empowered you with some great gifts. And so, do you cover any of that in the book of of finding those gifts in in that negative experience, and you know, maybe being able to move towards forgiveness? You know, such a great question, Tamara. Um, So, yes, we do in a couple of ways. One of the loaded Mm -hmm. words that we wrote about or that we used as a spontaneous prompt was the word gifts itself. And Mm -hmm. um, so each of us reflect on that. Also, at the end of the book, because this, we've been working together over a number of years, and so at the end of the book we each asked ourselves, uh, what has this meant to me? What do I think I've learned? Has it been valuable? And and so each of us, without any any guidance other than that authentic question, wrote. And I I leave it for readers to decide. But I think as I read the three offerings, I think the reader gets a glimpse of women who feel two things, that the, that each of us were very glad that we went through this process with each other together because we learned more about each other, we learned more about ourselves, we, the whole, that the whole process was enriching. But at the end of the day, you know, when you ask yourself that cocktail party question of, 
you know, would I rather <laughs> would I rather be me or would I rather be somebody else? Right. And knowing that if you answer me, you're you're owning your childhood. You're owning some of those difficult experiences. We all say honestly, if we hadn't had those experiences, who would we be? And we actually all are at a place where we essentially can offer loving kindness to ourselves, that we like each other, that we like ourselves, and that we can see. There's a wonderful line from a poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson called Ulysses, and the line is, I am a part of all that I have met, and yet experiences (laughs) an archway through gleams the untraveled world. But that notion of I am a part of all that I have met, the, the me who is me today, and if I can say I essentially like me, and I don't want to sound, you know, conceited, but, you know, I, I, I like me, then I have to like all that I've met that has created me and, yeah. and to offer gratitude. The other question that you asked was about forgiveness and resolution, and uh, we all write about that as well. Mm-hmm. And and there is a, and, and the answer is yes. You know, my mother was the alcoholic in my family. I realized in writing that I, I actually had more difficulty with the fact that my father, even though he was sober, he was so emotionally not available to me that that was actually more harmful to me. And then as I grew older, I understood he was suffering his own pain. He did the best he could. He provided well. And he never had ill intention. It might have had a pernicious effect to me for a while, but he was basically a good person. And so I I made peace in my mind with him. Yeah. With that, um, I have to say we have run out of time. We will have to continue this conversation, Liz, at another time. This has been uh, an amazing, an amazing conversation. Uh, Writing about trauma, hence putting those memories into words, is truly cathartic. I thank you, Liz, for being on the show. And and I'm hoping that uh, listeners out there, you will connect with Liz Uh, Liz, can you please give your information uh, so that people can uh, gather with you and and create some sort of a tribe and healing? That would be so fantastic, Tamara, and thank you for your insightful interview. The easiest way to contact me is just to go to my website, which is lizcrocker.com. Pretty simple, lizcrockerallonword.com. And there is a contact in there, and I promise I will answer anybody who gets in touch with me. And I and I look forward to the potential of conversations with some of your listeners. Awesome, awesome. So, listeners, until next time, remember my grandma's wise metaphysical advice: get your head straight first, and your ass will follow. But be careful where you point that thing, because your thoughts become reality. Peace and blessings and take good care. This is Tavara signing off.